0: So I'm here with my friend Rachel and we have worked together over the years and she's a lovely person and just super fun to chat with. And about a few months ago we were talking about her being a really busy mom. She has four kids and she was working and um, one of her daughters had some therapy visits. She was trying to coordinate all the things. And she was telling me what that process looks like. And I just thought that was really interesting to hear how a parent strategizes and, you know, picks priorities and figures out what, you know, what works for the family. And then also, how does one take care of yourself when you're a busy caregiver Um, and you're kind of getting pulled lots of different ways? And she had a a lot of really interesting thoughts about that. So I asked her to talk about that here. So welcome Rachel, and thank you for doing this. Thank you for your patience as we've tested this out like seventeen times. Hopefully this
1: one is the winner. Yes, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> we have a really I need to get a lazy season and just spit it. Um, this is a very high tech production of this podcast. If you could see us right now, it's like ridiculous, but we're hanging in there, and it's worth it because the things we're going to talk about, I think, are help- are going to be helpful for other folks to hear. If nothing else, just that you're not alone. If you're also experiencing, like, what it's like to be a super busy parent trying to do lots of things and figure out how do you keep yourself healthy and strong amid all of that. And so, before we jump into that, I'm going to have Rachel tell us three fun facts about herself.
1: Yeah, three things that you sh- probably don't know about me. I grew up in South Dakota, and my parents owned a furniture store. And I got to play hide-and-seek and play in a warehouse with huge boxes and an awesome elevator. And I have tons of memories at this furniture store. Fact two is that I'm a dancer, or what was Grew up dancing, studio dance, and did dance team in high school and college. And fact three is that I can make three loops with my tongue. I learned it from a America's Funniest Home Video. I watched someone.
0: So I think you have to see a picture to really understand what this means, but it is quite incredible. She demonstrated it for me, and I don't, I don't understand how one learns how to do that, but apparently you taught yourself how to do it.
1: Yeah, it, I I was seven years old when I tried it, and I stared in I me. Mean, I remember looking in the mirror for a long time and just forcing my tongue into these different positions. Um, but I figured it out. So yeah, it's fun.
0: <laughs> it's amazing. It's a skill I never knew existed until today. Okay, so now we're going to talk about um, self care as a busy parent. And if you could maybe just describe your general family life and tell me a little bit about each of your family members.
1: There are six people in the family, my husband Ryan and myself, and our four kids. Anna is seven, almost eight. She is a firstborn, um, rule follower, loves to read, do gymnastics. Loves challenges and is competitive. And Judah is second. He is six. He just is about to finish kindergarten here. He is very creative and a deep thinker. He'll do blocks and drawings forever. Um, and has just recently gotten into baseball. He also loves fighting and spitting and all <laughs> the boy stuff too. My third child, Ariel, is the one born with special needs. Ariel is four. She is very sweet and content and um, can handle a lot with what she's been given. And she also is strong willed and knows how to speak up for herself with all of her siblings. If someone grabs her baby doll, she's going to get it back. <laughs> so she has a neat, neat personality. And Our fourth, Matthew, is two years old. He is super silly, so cute, so funny, tons of energy, will do anything to make everyone laugh and loves to eat food, always wants a snack. Ryan is an engineer. He, I do describe him as a deep thinker, a planner, and is also very, very silly and always makes everyone in the family laugh. Um, and he's my best friend. I'm so thankful but he's my husband.
0: Rachel, can you tell me a little bit about Ariel's diagnosis?
1: Ariel was born with technically Prader-Willi syndrome, but we all call it Prader-Willi syndrome. It's a genetic condition. It happens on chromosome 15, and it's just random, just when things are – it's nothing – I want to... Right, not genetic. I'm not predisposed, so when I had Matthew, I knew that the odds were the same as all my other kids, too. Um, so just a rare genetic condition that she got, and it's characterized by a hunger drive, that an overactive hunger drive. So she'll always feel hungry and never feel full which she hasn't gotten yet and technically maybe won't get. Some kids don't get it, but that is one of the hallmark features of her condition, um, which is kind of sad because no one wants to be hungry. We're all kind of not ourselves when we're hungry. Um, And then with it, she also has lower muscle tone. That would be a big thing for Ariel, which has affected her. and She has scoliosis and just can't move as quickly or as well as other kids. Her speech has been pretty good for her condition. She is speaking well, just a little harder to understand at times. Some kiddos with Willie have very difficult time speaking and have speech apraxia. But for her, those are the main thing: is muscles and speech. Right now, we'll find out if she has the food piece to it, and and then cognition too. She is. L- mild to lower cognition, but right now very close for us, very close to typical developing for her age.
0: So last December, you and I were at work and you were talking about how you like plot your week and strategize on who's got to go where and when and how they're going to get there and um, just kind of your family life as a whole, how how that works as a really busy family of six people. And your daughter, Ariel was doing some um, physical therapy and speech therapy, I think maybe at the time. And it was just a lot of different things to coordinate. And then you were talking about how you were thinking too, it's really important to take care of yourself amid all that being, you know, a rock and an anchor in the family and um, being able to take care of yourself so you could keep everybody else going. So maybe you can tell me a little bit about what your self-care process looks like now
1: and why that's been important for you yeah um I think what you said about being a rocker anchor, I would say both Ryan and I kind of have a tone of set the tone for the family. So um, when we are frazzled and scrambling last minute just reactive to everything in life um, that is when that chaos pours out into our kids too and our whole family life gets out of whack so, yeah, we've really noticed that it's really important for us to have to slow down and take care of ourselves, um, prioritize, and just not get too overscheduled. Um, just does not lead to feeling like we got more done. This leads to chaos for us. Um, so yes, yeah, so we really tried. We definitely fail a lot. We definitely t- try to slow down and really look at the schedule and see how much we have scheduled for the weekend and each, each day. Um, and then so, something else I've done too is just day by day for my own self-care, I will reserve the afternoon nap time when kids are at school and Ariel and Matthew are napping. Um, that is as soon as they're down to nap. I don't go to do the dishes. I don't go clean. I don't make any more phone calls for all the appointments or insurance questions. I just sit down. I spend time with the Lord, refocus, um, remember what's important in life, and what I'm working towards to be with the Lord. And then I also try to get in a short workout too. And then after I've completed those, I will then see what I get to the rest of my day. But that really helps me be a better person overall and. Um, ready for my husband when he comes home too and not being chaos I
0: think that's a cool like thing to kind of build into your day so it's become it sounds like it's become a routine and like your whole family knows like this is this is what it is like it's predictable everyone knows this is like quiet time and then um, when we were chatting before you were saying like you've even noticed your sleep is better at night when you do take that like midday break for yourself to both like have that reflection time and quiet time as well as the workout
1: Yeah, it's really been amazing to see how much it does change how well I sleep and how I can calm my mind down and um, everything improves. And I'm even more productive other times when I'm able to have this quiet time and rest time. And it is something I've tried to incorporate previously um, in other seasons of life, but I would say most recently it's just become a priority. I've just realized how badly I need it. And I've actually set aside that that is what it is reserved for. It is something the kids know too. They kind of have their own quiet time too. And they, they, I think it's good for all of us. We all know that this is the time that when the kids are home on the weekend or in the summer, they'll do it with me too. We're all just going to have, um, calming point, point to our day. So I don't just keep going and going and going and keep getting distracted because we just could always fill up every minute of the day with anything, any reading, any technology, everything. I think that there's so much these days, too, that are just sitting there trying to distract us and get our minds busy, busy, busy. So finding ways mm-hmm. to do that. And I have to reserve it. That's why I just have to. Otherwise, it will just get filled with something else. Mm-hmm.
0: So, um, as you were describing, so that's kind of like, you know, when you guys are all at home and you're on your typical routine, which maybe there isn't really a typical routine with all the different things you have going on. But, um, what if, what happens when you travel? How does that change the dynamics? Or if you're like, yeah, I can't think of any other examples. Maybe you can think of other times when you're not like in your typical routine, how do you still prioritize that? Like self-care.
1: We don't travel. <laughs> um, we it was we had a really rough trip for Thanksgiving this year. That really set us back. So when things get off routine, so they do just with other things, um, when we do see that coming, we have to try to find other times that are calm. Um, and we have to just try it out, too, the whole travel thing. Thanksgiving made us not want to travel ever again, but we also just – The more you do it, the better you get. So I can't say I have something totally figured out yet for that. Um, But I would say weeks ahead of time before a trip, I would plan out definitely things. And something that helps my daughter, Ariel, she can actually become anxious if she doesn't know where. That's why traveling becomes even more difficult. Is within the chaos, Ariel's becoming anxious and she's asking questions, 20 questions every five minutes because she doesn't know what's going on. So prepping her as well as our other kids. Guess what's going to happen? This is going to happen. This is what we expect out of you. This is going to. You're going to be tempted to have this happen. That's coming. So just knowing it's coming and preparing ourselves and prepping Ariel for all the things that she can expect and having a, some type of routine when we get to a place is really helpful.
0: So you kind of try to hold on to those things that have been working for you at home and and just using those maybe it looks different when you're traveling but still some like version of it. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um is there
1: anything I haven't asked you that I should have? Yes. So we do get together with other families with Ariel's diagnosis too. Um and I wish we could do that more. I wish I, there are it's a rare condition so um we know, you know, a handful of families all about all around the twin cities good 30 45 45 minutes to get to them um but that's been you know even just a phone call with another mom has been really beneficial for me too um it is a unique diagnosis and there's a lot of variety within that but there are some similarities that are helpful to kind of just talk through um, with someone else too sometimes
0: when life gets really busy you've tapped into your greater support network having other family members, maybe even take kids to appointments or, you know, whatever the case may be. How does how does that play out when you need to pull someone off into the
1: equation? Yes, yeah, so things we've done is definitely um, relied on some family members. My in-laws have been able to babysit Matthew if I'm taking kids as to, for an appointment with Ariel. Um, But also bring Ariel to an appointment at times. um, And it's helpful that they know Ariel and work so well with her. Um, And something else, too, that I've done is I try to not do too many appointments. And this summer I'm planning a month of no appointments where we just get to be home and be with all the family and go to the parks all together. and, And Ariel gets to be a part of that. So being strategic with when you do appointments and how much and knowing when you have to take a break, even if, yes, the speech appointment would be really helpful, but it would actually be more beneficial for our family to be in a good spot. And we need a little break from the everyday appointments that we can, yeah, take a break from.
0: What are some wins that Ariel has seen so far in the past year? I mean,
1: her speech has been a huge win this last year. She's in sentences, communicating concepts and thoughts we did not know she was going to do. And we're super happy. I love that. I want to know what she's thinking. I want to communicate and tell her things and know that she's understanding everything. So I've been super happy with that. She's had some improvement with her walking and her muscles. That's the greatest area. Her scoliosis is staying steady. We're really happy with that. It could be getting worse and needing surgery, but right now it's just not. It looks like it's still staying steady. And we want that. Um, and she just has thrived at her preschool, like Oh, my goodness. <laughs> she's done so well. She will come home talking about all her friends, and her teachers are blown away. They're just like, she is participating. I mean, not compl- she can't always do all the actions to the song or quite as fast as all the other kids. But they have a time where each of them pull out their stick, and it has their name on it. They get to answer the question. And at first, she didn't really want to talk. By the end of the year, she was jumping into the questions and participating and – does all this artwork. Um, so that's been a huge blessing this year is to really see her um, do that stuff.
0: If your family is having just like a family fun night at home, what do you, what do you guys like to do?
1: Well, last night we had family movie night that um, is really fun because you get to have popcorn and the kids. We eat really healthy for Ariel too, I should say. That helps her not have a hunger drive as much as if you eat really healthy food versus sugar. Um and so for our kiddos, popcorn's really exciting. <laughs> but that and just doing a movie, to, Ariel loves that. She can participate very equally, you know, versus a different activity. Um, we also have family game nights, and she's slowly getting to, into those and able to participate in those. I think our family just loves. Sitting at the kitchen table and talking about our day. And Ariel loves talking about her day. So she will tell you what therapy she did, who she got to work with, and who she saw that day. And that's been a fun way that everyone can participate in our family.
0: Oh, yeah. Fast forward five years from now, what do you hope and dream for you
1: and your family? Yes, I would hope our family is pursuing the Lord and seeing. Um, just the peace and love that Jesus brings to come into our hearts and to come into our home and see that within our relationships too, and just really see how we can even improve with how we speak to each other and how we live together. and having it be an even more peaceful and rhythmic, <laughs> not chaotic field would be wonder, would be a vision of mine. Um, and just tons of laughter. And able to get out and be a family together at parks and stuff. Well, I, I, my vision is for Ariel to be moving even better, that she'll be able to participate more in our more active family activities. That's awesome. Thank you so
0: much for taking time to share about your story of um, just what your family has been experiencing and what you have just just kind of come to learn about yourself and what you want and need in terms of self-care. Um, Do you have any, like, maybe encouragement or thoughts for someone who, maybe a parent who is just starting out on a journey with, like, a child that they're having to do extra appointments for, um, you know, take care of special needs, some thoughts that you might
1: share with them um, just to kind of help them see the big picture? Yeah. I would say there's a lot happening in your child's brain that you can't see when are special needs if they're having a slower time talking or something but that child is taking in so much and I think you don't even realize how much your touch and your presence and or book you're reading to them is doing for them so just know that what you're doing is really a lot and that if you don't make it to absolutely every appointment that is okay you do need to take care of yourself and your family. Um, and that's what your child needs too, is for your heart to be in a peaceful spot. And that you don't also don't know so much about your child and how many, how much that child's going to bring you joy. Um, there's so much coming for you. Um, even in the road of challenges, there's also some blessings for you too.
0: enjoyed this episode I would love for you to leave a review share with a friend and subscribe have a great day